So are less kids playing competitive sport? Are less kids playing house league sport? And is the gap all about what you've got in your pocket of your parents, what you make at your workplace, how much money you can spend on sport? We do this all the time, grants, loans for people going to school, but we don't think to do it for athletics. There's a program here and a program there, but is it keeping enough kids in sport? John Solomon's my guest from the Aspen Institute, and we have a conversation about just that right now. John, it's Greg Brady. Great to have you on here in Toronto. Thanks for making the time for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Greg. The topic is the disappearance of children's recreational sports. Um, does Is there a age group? Could we isolate an 18, 24-month age group where where I, I do see the division where it's either, either you're playing competitively, like hard in, and some of that has a huge economic burden, or you get nothing at all. There's no middle ground much anymore. No, you're right. I mean, it, it starts earlier and earlier. It's, it's really this case of early sports specialization where parents feel like they have to sort of keep up with the Joneses in order for their child to have a chance to even make a high school team, much less, you know, the very long odds of a college scholarship. So very early on at younger ages, um, kids are weeded out. They're weeded out based on income and they're weeded out based on ability. Um, And so if you're playing travel sports, you have the resources and you have the ability uh, potentially to continue playing. Um, And if you don't have those resources, there are fewer and fewer recreational opportunities because so many people have gone to that travel route, that's sort of where you feel you have to go. So in terms of an age, really when you start getting to like the middle school age, um, the opportunities can start to diminish recreationally. And really when you, particularly when you get to high school, um, if you're not on a high school sports team, it's harder and harder to find a way to play. So you and the Aspen Institute found a number that I think our listeners will find uh, quite shocking and basically double the amount of kids from six to 12, not 16 or 17, leading up to the potential for a college scholarship or to or to play any kind of you know pro or semi pro level. But from six to 12, twice as many kids from households were playing sports where the household income was 100 grand or more compared to incomes under twenty five thousand dollars. Clearly, uh, poverty vis-a-vis wealth plays a huge factor in who's playing and who's not. Absolutely. Yeah. In a lot of ways in our society, right? It's sort of the haves versus have nots and and youth sports is no different. Um, You know, for for many years, and this is, you know, I'm age 46 and in the U.S. grew up in the late 1980s and and early 90s um, playing sports. You played in your in-town leagues, your local recreational league, your parks and rec league, your, you know, little league baseball. And it was very community based. You played with everybody Mm -hmm. in your neighborhood and it was affordable and it was quality. And it was local, right? You didn't have to spend an incredible amount of money and an incredible amount of time on playing the travel sports scene. Um, And that's just disappeared. It's the many of the local leagues have lost the volunteers who can help coach, um, who can help run leagues. So they've lost some of the quality of their leagues. Um, And so more and more, there's just just this great divide between who can access sports and who can't. And the, the main problem with that is we know all the benefits that come with being physically active and playing sports if sports are delivered well. We know the physical, social, emotional, and mental benefits that come from being physically active. John Solomon's our guest on Toronto Today, editorial director of the Sports and Society Program at the Aspen Institute. So you were seeing trends before the pandemic. You've got great studies from 2019. Like I said, anecdotally, I see a lot of kids back. If anything, we worry about burnout with kids. Well, the the pandemic... I would say this uh, probably created a lot of bad habits for all of us. It locked us a lot down and and prevented sport. But at the same time, I'm I think it's roared back. The problem is the issues are exactly the same in 22 as they were in 19. 
Yeah, you know, we, we had some hope a little bit with the pandemic as awful as it was for everybody and with kids not being able to play that it might have been a reset a little bit that by taking away sports from so many people at so many different levels, including travel sports, including high school sports, depending on where you live, mm-hmm. that it might have been sort of a reset and we go, okay, what do we really want to get out of sports? Is it is it to have our kids to try to earn a college scholarship and to win games and win championships? That can be a byproduct, nothing wrong with being competitive and trying to do that, but is it really about something else? And, and I'm not sure we really had that, that reset. Um, there's also some data we had from a year ago showing, and again, this is US data, that 44% of families said that their community-based program, meaning like the recreational type program, had either closed, merged, or returned with limited capacity. So th- there are some signs that you know some recreational sports are, are really facing some challenges and they need some funding and they need um, capacity and, and resources and staff to help build it up and make it a quality option for some of those travel sports families to want to return to um, recreational sports. As we talk, you know, student loans are a, are a way of life for a lot of kids. It was obviously a big story in the States when when some loans were forgiven. It's a big story in Canada on a regular basis. I had student loans for, for graduate school after my undergrad. I almost feel like we've got to look into some form of of loans to allow kids to play sport. I don't want to say that, hey, playing four years of soccer in your teens is as valuable as as a history degree or a philosophy degree, but it can it can really springboard you to something else. If we can keep kids in, we'd hate to see kids who are quality a drop out because they've got something to contribute. And B, if you're not playing sports as a teenager, this is what we're worried about. Now, what else are you involved in? We're keeping a lot of kids active, doing something positive. They might be doing something negative, whether it's this, that or the other thing, if they're not in sport. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and, and there are you know some leagues and, and organizations do have you know scholarship programs for kids? Kids who are under underserved, their families can't afford it. Um, they can't. They just can't afford the fees associated with mm-hmm. travel sports. The problem is that often those are sort of one-offs, right? That they're sort of scholarships for uh, maybe some of the better type athletes, right? That they're going to help you, you know, try to win games as opposed to how do we broaden the whole pool? And that's what we really have to think about. We have to be able to reach so many underrepresented kids. Who just don't have the access to be physically active and if they're if they're not getting it through their schools and and pe has taken a hit in in recent years mm-hmm. um and and it's harder and harder to make high school sports teams because the kids you need to have a lot of experience and the resources to play to build up the talent to begin with to make the high school's teams if you're not getting in schools where else are you getting it where are you getting physically active fewer kids play outside on their own you know just for free, free play with themselves um, so we have to find new solutions. I got about 90 seconds here. Tell me in, in the States how the university scholarship is still viewed. I sometimes think it's a media creation and, and you know, people like me argue about the value of uh, uh, of it versus going pro or paying college athletes. I still think 99.9% of parents who aren't the parents of uh, LeBron James, who aren't the parents of, you know, uh, the best, the you know, the best quarterback in college football look and go, oh, I don't feel it's exploitative. It's that's the brass ring at the end. I want that because it helps our family economically. But it's a status and it's a it's a benchmark. It's a reward for my kid. At the, it's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is for some families. And I think a lot of families just want what's best for their child. Right? Yeah. It's it, it's it's not necessarily even like, um, 
Well, sometimes you attach your status to it. There are some families who did that, but you want what's best for your kid and you're trying to give them every opportunity to live out their dream. The problem is in doing this though, we've just widened the gap of the haves versus have nots. Um, and it's you really could invest a lot of this money that you're investing into travel sports into a college fund and <laughs> you get in, you might get a better return <laughs> on investments than actually putting it in all this travel sports. Yeah, there is that to consider. Hey, I hope we can have another conversation about it. Uh, really interested in, in your perspective on it. And I think it's something that's so relatable for uh, w- whether it's just the, the funneling into just one sport. I'm sure you and me and many other listeners were like, well, I played two, three sports growing up. It's harder and harder to do it. And it's starting younger and younger that we're not letting kids do it. So maybe that can be our next conversation. I appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. John Solomon's editorial director of the Sports and Society Program at the Aspen Institute. I'm hearing from uh, sports parents listening to this segment already, uh, and clearly it's resonating.